Hi, gang. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. You know what? It's November. I know. Already November. The the days are getting shorter, the darkness uh, at nighttime longer. And for a lot of us, that means we're focusing on our jobs, right? The work that we do uh, in our own businesses, the work we do in the organizations we work for, and even preparations for holiday time that's coming up ever so rapidly. And what I want to do this month is have a couple of conversations surrounding our jobs and the workplace environment. And I want to start off with this conversation that you and I are going to have today about interviewing. Ah, yes, a process most of us have gone through uh, multiple times, whether you are the interviewer or you are the interviewee. We're going to talk mainly about interviewees, good things to think about when you're getting ready to go in for an interview. And I also want to give you Three takeaways, plus a bonus, there'll be four, a bonus takeaway at the end that I think is really important and I want you to stick with me until the end to hear. And I want you hopefully to be able to take these tips that I give you, these takeaways with you on your next interview so that you can go in with confidence and most importantly, authenticity, which I believe is a form of confidence. So let's begin. Yes, this is the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast. My name is Justin. I am so excited that you are here. We are rolling along through season two. And here we are talking about interviewing on this episode. And we know that this is the podcast, the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast, where we use the philosophy of yoga in a practical and everyday way, one small step at a time to become happier people. I believe that the philosophy of yoga, since it it came around a very, very long time ago, I believe it's important to modernize things into the modern world in which we're living, which is a busy world, which is a world where we're full of a lot of stimulus. But the roots of yoga prove to help us in our day-to-day lives. That's what this podcast is all about. So I'm here to give you some real-world advice, some real-world situations that you might come up with, some things I've encountered when it comes to workplace stuff, especially this first episode of the month where we're going to talk about interviewing. Um, We want to drive ourselves into purpose on this podcast, and the only way to do that is to stay focused and moving forward, keeping that purpose in the in the wind, right? When you're looking out the windshield, not in the rear view mirror, right? Don't forget, we have a newsletter that you can sign up for. It's completely free. You get one newsletter a week uh, where I just give you some information and some topics that I don't talk about in the podcast or on the YouTube channel. You can sign up for that down in the description of the video if you're watching this on YouTube or in the show notes on your, your podcast app. You can also tap into Kenzie's Sweet Treats or Jasmine Lee Photography. I have discount codes for both of them, especially around this time of year when it's coming. It's time for baked goods with Kenzie's Sweet Treats or Jasmine's Photography and you want to do some Christmas pictures or whatever holiday you celebrate around this time of year. They're great, great uh, businesses that are local to me, but they also are able to be a little bit less local. They can branch out. So please check all of that out because uh, they are so uh, valuable and worth it. And I have one more note before we go on, a programming note. There will be two new episodes of this podcast this month, today, November 7th, and then on November 21st, which is in a couple of weeks. And then there will be two episodes in December, the 5th and the 12th, which once we get through all of those, that will conclude season two, and then we will be 
launching season three most likely at the end of January. So there will be some time to start the new year and reflect and those kinds of things. I've been listening to your feedback in person, some of you, and uh, reading your comments and questions uh, via emails and via social media and so on. And so when those things come to me, I try to take all of that and use that as preparation for upcoming episodes. So though the season three stuff I've already started to work on and that's coming up in late January. But in the meantime, we have this uh, these next two months to have some conversations. Also, due to a side body injury that I have right now, I've not been able to film as many yoga classes as I wanted to for this season. But don't worry, because I have two more that are going to premiere. We had a power vinyasa yoga that was released um, at the in in September, and now we're going to have a yin yoga practice that's going to come. Which, if you like stretching and you like being putting yourself into poses where you can kind of stretch out and stretch specifically connective tissue, all the lining around your joints to give you a little bit more agility and a little bit of flexibility. We're going to have a class about that. And we're also going to have a class uh, of restorative yoga, which is really decompressing and letting yourself melt into pillows and blankets. It's very, very nice. Uh, It's a great practice for meditation and just being still. So those two are going to come out before the end of the year as well. So with that being said, let's get into today's conversation. And this is a topic that I am really excited to talk about with you because as we all know, and if you've been listening to me for a while, yoga is really present in every single thing that we do. Everything we do, from you holding a door for someone to you doing a favor for someone to the love you give to other people, that's all yoga. And the three tools that I'm going to give to you, really four because we have the bonus tool in here, regarding interviewing is going to, they're all connected to yoga in one way or another. So let's begin with just a few introductory points that I want to make with regards to job interviews. So job interviews for the majority of us, I would say, are very nerve-wracking. Would you agree with that? Now, some people might be able to go into interviews and not have any worries or cares in the world. But for the majority of people, job interviewing gets really nerve-wracking because we have lots of expectations, lots of hopes, lots of you know wishes and, and, and dreams of getting the job that we are interviewing for. And if you're going on a job interview, and mind you, These tips are for interviewing really everywhere, right? We're not just trying to say that we have to just, these are not just for jobs where you have to dress up in a suit or a tie or a dress or a skirt or something. This is for everything. So you are most likely going to feel nervous interviewing in any type of job that you're going into. And you may have anxiety, right? You may even feel physically anxious, like the sweaty palms, or you might have a little bit of a racing heart, or you might feel like you're shrugging your shoulders, or you might have shaking and shortness of breath accompanied with all of that, okay? So that's all very normal and natural. And the first thing we have to remember is to stop thinking that when we feel like this, it's a bad thing, because it's not a bad thing. It's not bad at all to have those symptoms come up, because The way we approach things when it comes to job interviews is we put so much of our expectations into into this job that we haven't even gotten yet and we want to impress and we want to be, you know, we want to put on, maybe sometimes put on this type of a show. And I'm here to tell you that maybe that's not what you want to be doing when you're interviewing because when you go into interviews, they are very frightening and you are going to feel anxious. So the fact that you are is the, the first step is just to understand, all right, well, I know I'm going to be nervous. I know it's going to happen. I know I'm going to be a little shaky. I know 
it's fine to be like that. It's fine to bring notes in to an interview with you, a, a piece of paper that, and it's fine to tell a person who you are interviewing with. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to refer to these notes because that shows confidence and authenticity more than it shows that you're trying to uh, put a act on in front of someone and they you want them to think that you know everything, right? So it's encouraged and welcomed to acknowledge that you are going to feel nervous and there is no point in trying to shove those feelings away. The more you do that, the worse it's going to become. So you you remember too, you you are not your feelings. You you are not your feelings. You are you. And so when you go on job interviews, your body is going to perceive this threat of change because you're used to the way you're doing things now. You're used to the job you have now, the schedule you have now, the way it impacts your family and your partner and you and the way you exercise and the way you cook and your times and your dinners and your wake up. Like it affects all of that stuff. So your body, there's no reason to be irritated with yourself when you get anxious about going on a job interview. So Allow your body to perceive that there's a threat. It's your body and brain are designed to do that, and we can move forward. Maybe use the feeling of anxiety to push yourself forward because the feeling of anxiety comes from somewhere physical a lot of the times. And if you can harness that physicality and push yourself forward, it's it's crazy how you can do that when you learn to do that. Maybe we'll do an episode on that next season too. All right. Now that we have an understanding of that, we're going to that we're going to feel nervous, we're going to feel anxious, we're going to feel excited, we're going to feel worried, we're going to feel out of control. We can press on with some tools. So let me give you these tools uh, as someone who's just talking from me to you, right? These are tools that um, I have used going on interviews. There's tools I have seen when I have been interviewing other people. Um, I've count, I've and I've done countless interviews in countless different industries. And so these are just tips and tools from me to you. They don't, they may not work for everybody and that's totally okay. But all I encourage you to have is an open mind, right? If you start attacking things before you even try them, that's not having an open mind. That's not practicing yoga. So we want to make sure we're doing that as we move through any kind of topic like this. So Number one, let's talk about mindfulness practices. Why are mindfulness practices important for a job interview? I'm going to tell you why they're important. Because your yoga comes in right now. It's one of the eight limbs of yoga, dhyana, or meditative absorption. What in the world does that mean? You can refer to that just as meditation, but it is mindfulness. It is the ability to level yourself up into a higher form of consciousness and using mindful practices help you to level up into that higher form of consciousness for situations like job interviews. Here's an example. When we do things throughout the day, most of us, uh, we do them mindlessly or unconsciously, right? Like driving, using your cell phone, you do that unconsciously. You know, you just go and press buttons. You know how to text quickly and unconsciously. Uh, you don't have to think about it too much. The things you do at home, the tasks you do at home, the things you do at work sometimes, those are all done mindlessly. Interacting with other people mindlessly, eating mindlessly, drinking mindlessly, whatever. There is little to no conscious thought put into a lot of the things that we do throughout the day, and this is okay. Why is this okay? Well, if you had to think about everything, every single thing you do all day long, can you imagine how exhausted you would be? You're already exhausted enough, right? You're mentally exhausted. I get mentally exhausted. But if you had to think about everything you had to do every day, all day, oh, 
My goodness, that is way too much, right? And our brains are designed to learn things and then do things subconsciously. We talked about this on the last episode of this podcast when we talked about habits and routines and how habits and routines can get ingrained into the subconscious and you start searching for dopamine hits, right? So we need that. We need subconscious activities that are purposeful, right? We need that in our life. So uh, it's very important that we do that. That's Some people call that autopilot, um, so basically what you're doing is when you're training yourself to be more mindful by introducing a mindful practice into your day or your weeks or whatever it is, you're training your brain to switch from the subconscious to the conscious brain when you need it to, which is a huge superpower to learn. And it's a key to pushing yourself into a higher version of yourself, which becomes happier healthier and feeling more fulfilled. I'm telling you that right now from experience. When you let these subconscious emotion shit go, that's when we turn into disaster and we don't want to do that in interviews. So when you land the interview and you start preparing for it, which I believe you should prepare for interviews, but we're going to talk more about what I think you should prepare for. Take some time to do some mindfulness exercises. Okay, so what's a mindfulness exercise? Well, you can have a gratitude practice. Gratitude practices could be whatever you want them to be. It could be you waking up in the morning and saying you're grateful for three things. It might be before you go to bed, you say you're grateful for three things. It might be that you write down things that you're grateful for. It might be that you tell another person what you're grateful for. It might be that you think them. It doesn't, it might, it could be anything. You make it up. It's, it's as long as you're grateful, you're intentionally grateful, that's a gratitude practice. So make up whatever one fits you. Another uh, mindfulness exercise is a hobby that requires your attention to enjoy it. So for example, if you're doing things that you actually have to kind of think about to do, like crafting or, or gardening or painting or songwriting or designing things, drawing uh, playing an instrument, right? You have to think about doing those things when you're doing them. So a a hobby that you have to actually think about is, is a mindfulness practice. Meditating is a mindfulness practice. I want to say this about meditating, and I've said this before. Meditating is not so that you can clear your mind out and have no thoughts. That's not meditation. Meditation is the fact that you are going to be still or you might be walking, doing a walking meditation, or you might be doing a moving meditation. You're not speaking, but you're also not letting the thoughts consume you, so you just watch them pass by. You know those thoughts that happen when you're meditating, like, I have to go to the grocery store. What was the name of my third grade teacher? Where's my high school diploma? Where you write All that stuff that happens in your brain is like going crazy, like when you're getting ready to go to sleep or in the middle of the night, that happens. So meditating trains your brain and in you to watch thoughts pass and you just don't attach to them anymore. You don't hold, they don't hold weight. So that's meditating. This helps you when it comes to getting ready for an interview. Same thing. And I mentioned mindful movement already. Exercising is great for that. Uh, if you want to be meditative while you're exercising, like the yin class I told you about that we're going to have on the YouTube channel or the restorative class. Those are very important for, um, uh, ability to physically stop your body, but yet let your mind come to a rest and kind of watch the thoughts that are floating by. Breathing is a meditative, uh, a mindfulness exercise. Rather, it's it's breathing is really there's a zillion ways you could do breath work. Pranayama, it's another uh, limb of yoga. Breath, breath work. 
listening to music and dancing. That's meditative and it's mindful. So is visualization or journaling, manifesting, all mindful. When you start a mindfulness practice, again, you are training your brain to be involved in the moment rather than living in your head because when you live in your head, anxiety starts. You're spazzy. You feel flighty, right? You feel like you're not grounded. You feel afraid and fearful. These are not feelings you want to walk into an interview with because you're already going to have anxiety when you walk in there and you're already going to be nervous. So start to give yourself the gift of changing the ability to switch your brain from subconscious into conscious. The bottom line here is that if you do a mindfulness practice every day, one day at a time, you're going to see incremental progress that will help you in situations like a job interview where your attention is critical. And it's very, very critical. And that leads us to number two when we're talking about attention. That is listening carefully and speaking only when you have valuable things to say. What is valuable? We're going to talk about that. In this tip I'm giving you, this tool, we engage discipline or the fire within us. That's called tapas in yoga. And I cannot tell you how many times I have been interviewing people uh, and it looks like they're not listening or they're formulating an answer before I've even asked the question or before I've said something. They're formulating a response. Uh, and they sometimes seem confused or they seem like they uh, are going to be scripted. And to me, as an interviewer, those were never the people I hired because if I hired them, and I learned this the hard way, if I hired them, that's how they acted when they were in their job. They weren't paying attention to what was in front of them. They just had a premeditated script in front of them. They all they had a notion of how they wanted to control everything. And we know when we go to work, things get out of control very quickly, no matter what industry you work in. And I also want to say this. I'm not here to tell you that you need to prepare and know every fact about the organization that you are interviewing with or that you need to have a set of questions or responses ready just so you can impress someone. I'm not saying that. Having a list of questions or knowing facts about the organization is important, but it's not important because you need to impress somebody. It's important so that you are well-versed. You are knowledgeable about what the F you're walking into right? That's the purpose behind being prepared for an interview, not having a script so you can impress somebody. Yes, of course you're going to, quote, impress somebody, but we're going to talk more about that in a minute. And we're going to talk more also about kind of feeling authentic and being authentic when we get to tip number three. But I want to be clear that if you walk into an interview with a plan of how you think things are going to go, Rather than what is actually happening in front of you and the questions and the statements that are coming at you, the interview is not going to go great at all. The thing is, we have no idea what the interview is really going to be like. We don't. You may have an idea. Okay, they, they're going to tell you, well, I, you know, you're going to have an interview with John Smith. He's the director of marketing. That's it. Or you're going to have a interview with Bertha and Jane and Sheila and Melissa and they're all gonna, we're all going to talk in a group. You will know that that's coming, but you are not going to know how it's going to go. You'll never know how it's going to go. And so when 
I've been to interviews. I've been to interviews where I've talked one-on-one with people and it felt like I was talking to a close friend. There's other interviews where it's been like a Q&A session. There's been other times where there's multiple people in the room um, and it's a group conversation. So it's important to discipline yourself, tapas, to understand that what is being said right in front of you in the interview is the most important thing because what's important to the employer needs to be important to you in that interview. Not your predetermined bullshit. What's going on right in front of you with that employer. So you can and should be prepared with information about the organization and you know some key points you want to you want to talk about or things that you want to ask questions those things your work history resumes like all of that stuff's important but stay present and make sure you're listening because you're going to miss something if all you're thinking about is all the stuff you have prepared right and so if you're able to focus on listening and answering questions staying in the moment flowing with the conversation It's going to turn out a lot more authentic than it would if you went in with the script. There are times and places to be scripted in life, and there are times and places not to. And I believe in interviews, you should have information, but you should be you should expect the unexpected. If you have rehearsed or candid answers, the interviewer is going to know they're going to know they are going to pick up on it because they interview dozens of people all the freaking time. So. What I suggest here is having an idea of what goes on in the organization ahead of time and then listening and being respectful to the person who is interviewing you and asking quality questions or saying quality things if they are valuable to your position you are applying for and if they are in alignment with what they are presenting to you, the employer is presenting to you. Because if you go off on all these other tangents about all the things that you have prepared and all the things you want to use to impress, the employers might be like, we're not talking about the fact that you did this three jobs ago. Like, this is what we do here and this is what we do now. Because interviewers interviewers are going to go through a list of their own parameters of things that they're looking for in their potential candidates. So there's nothing worse than not listening and also talking about things that don't matter. For example, and, it, and I mean that they don't matter in an interview. That the, It's not that they don't matter in general, but they don't matter in an interview like your divorce, like your children's problems, like your drama that you created with at your last job or the drama that happened at your last job or the unfair treatment at your last job or, you know, why, you know, what things upset you or what kind of schedule is most upsetting for you and blah, blah, blah. And the reason I'm bringing all these up is not because I made them up. It's because I've heard them all and I've heard more than what I brought up to you. I have heard the craziest things in interviews and I didn't even ask. I've said like, welcome. And then somebody starts acting like I'm their therapist. When you go into an interview, that person is not your therapist. They're not your best friend. They are your potential employer. That is what you're in there for. So to start spewing off on things that do not matter are going to derail the conversation and put your interviewer ill at ease. So many people in the workforce feel like when they go in for interviews or into work, and we're going to talk about this in the next episode of this podcast, things that should and should not be done at at your workplace when it comes to keeping yourself happier on a higher playing field. But there's a lot of people at work that feel like 
number one, everybody's your friend at work, which they are not. And number two, they think that you can share a bunch of personal details and get personally involved with everybody at work. And let me give you a preview of what that episode is going to look like because it all starts with the interview. When you get into work and you start either getting into everybody else's business and wanting to know what everybody else is doing at all times and where everybody is and knowing everybody's phone numbers and knowing what everybody did last night and how what people are doing on their birthdays and blah, 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 and weaving yourself into everybody else's life and or you also create a bunch of drama yourself and treat your coworkers like they are your therapists or you purposely maneuver yourself at your job to get what you want, if you're doing those things, you're not going to become a happier person because your mindset is focused on things that don't matter. When you work for somebody, they give you a paycheck to do a job. That's, just, that's basically it. That's it. There's nothing more to it. Here's a, here's a paycheck. You're doing a job. When you get the fulfillment of doing things that matter to you in your job, serving others, being honest and integrity and making money to pay your bills and feed your family, none of that includes gossiping, knowing everybody's business, talking about things that aren't anybody else's business, sharing deeply personal secrets because you are linked with someone at a job because of the job. Sometimes you get linked in a job because someone referred you and you knew them before, but for the majority, you are linked for one common thread, and that is the job. So when you leave that job, the person who now knows your deep, dark secrets may not be talking to you anymore. So it's best to start in the interview by keeping yourself out of unnecessary chit-chat. Listen with intention. Stay in your purpose. That's number two. And I want to say this. One more thing before we move on. Again, it's not that your personal life doesn't matter or that the things that are going in your li- on in your life don't matter. And I'm not saying you're not going to you're not going to be make friends with people you work with. I've made lifelong friends with people that I've worked with that have been my friends for a long time, but I can probably count them on one hand. And I've worked with dozens, probably more than dozens, hundreds and hundreds of people in my life. And some of those people know things about me that they probably shouldn't know about me. So now I know for the future. It starts all in the interview. Number three, this one can ruffle feathers, but I don't care because I have found that these are the people that I have interviewed in my almost 20 years of management and supervision and things like that uh, in multiple industries. These are the people that have impressed me the most, and that is the people who come into interviews with authenticity. Now, in yoga, we practice surrendering. Surrendering is the eighth and final limb of yoga, and it is where you surrender to your higher self, and you flow, and you just let go. Surrendering means you kind of take the veil off. uh, You start acting like who you were born to be, what lights your fire, blah, blah, blah. So what does that mean for interviews? Well, A, you need to be very clear and honest about your expectations, all the way from you know your pay, your salary, to schedules, to your abilities at your job. And we'll talk more about that in a second. An example of this is if you, this is going to get you into long-term hot water. If you go into an interview and you bait and switch your employer, you're fucking doomed. I'm just telling you that now. You are doomed. Because when your employer 
asks you things in the interview and you're honest with them and then you uphold that honesty as you begin the, the job, your employer is going to consider you very valuable. But when you go into an interview and you say things like, oh, I'm available all the time, like I'm, I'm available seven days a week. It doesn't matter. You can schedule me anytime or yeah, I'm, I'm available on the weekends if you're, you know, if you have overtime on the weekends or whatever the organization is or I can work nights, I can work mornings, whatever. And then two weeks after you get in there, you change your, you, you know that you're not, and you, you do that just to impress your employer, and then you sw- bait and switch them, you're going to pay for that one day, and it's not going to create happiness for you. And I'm not trying to be nasty by saying that, but we don't want you, we don't want to have that repercussion happen. We don't want to have to pay for that kind of a mistake that can be avoided by shredding that ego and going in honesty. So it's important to understand to tell your employer, this is really my availability. This is really what, you know, why I want this job or why I'm good for this job. And that also means you need to talk about what you know and what you don't know. Like if you don't know how to weld, but you're going into a welding job as an interview and you say you know how to weld, you're fucked, right? You're going to pay for that when you get into the, into the job and you don't know what the hell you're doing. So it's, that's a pretty extreme circumstance, but it's important to say, I don't, I don't have training in this or I have training in this, but I don't have it in this section of it. So this is where I want to grow or this is where I want, I, I aspire to become, you know, that's authentic. Those are the people that your employers want to hire. The people that are saying, oh, I don't have all this, but I can, I can learn. And you, and your employer will know that you're willing to learn if you're not talking all through the whole interview and spewing out all the personal stuff that I told you about number two. And so it's absolutely critical that you are honest. You waste your time and the employer's time, which is very precious, both all the time is, when you are not honest about your availability and the, and the pay you want and, the thing, and your skill set. You waste everybody's time with that. So be sure your employer knows exactly where you stand, what you need with training and ahead of time and all the things you're working on. No bait and switching because it will you will pay for that in the future. I'm just I've seen it a zillion zillion times. And lastly with this one, being authentic doesn't necessarily mean that you walk in there and you dress like you are unprepared for the interview or you just wear what you would wear outside of work. So you could be your authentic self. That's not what that means. You should wear whatever you want to wear when you're not at work. But when you go to work, and this starts in an interview, when you go to work, you are receiving a paycheck to perform a job. And with that paycheck comes procedures and policies. It is your responsibility to follow those policies and procedures because you are receiving a paycheck. You're not going in there and doing it for fun. You're going in there to make money and to provide for yourself and for your family and to do the things that you want to do in your life. So it starts with the interview. So whatever you're interviewing for, dress accordingly, of course. You you don't but you can be authentic in how you dress accordingly, but it doesn't mean you, you're you authentic in that you dress in the clothes. I wouldn't wear what I'm wearing this t-shirt now. If I was going to interview for a corporate job, I would make sure I had a jacket on or a tie or, you know, in ladies, you might want to wear a skirt or a dress or heels or whatever it is. These are the things that you may want to do. And yes, there is something to dressing to impressing, Right. And I'm not necessarily saying we're going to, I'm going to impress you with my outfit. That's not what we're saying. But I want, you want your employer to know that you take what they do seriously enough to dress nicely. That's all there is to it. That's what that means when we dress 
for impress. Now, if you're dressing because you want someone to notice how cute you look, do that on another time, not in the workplace. And it starts in the interview. Remember, you as an employee are a representation of somebody else's brand. If you want to have your own brand, start your own brand. But if you are working for someone else, you are a representation of their brand. So it's very important to dress according to the brand. So authenticity means showing up with you and you as you are with what you need, with what you need to ask for, with how you need to ask and what you need to ask for when it comes to the pay and the schedules and so on and what your available, really availability is and what your uh, skill set level is and all of those things. And challenges, right? You, oh, I don't have a car or I, I you know, I, I rely on somebody for rides. Be authentic. Employers like authenticity. Now, here's your bonus tip. It's important not to be pushy, arrogant, or condescending in an interview. I've seen this so many times. Telling your potential employer that you are excited to hear from them, like a little bit assertively, that's okay. Like, I can't wait to hear from you in the future. I look forward to your call. That's okay. But to say things like, oh, so next week I'll be hearing from you then, right? Or, all right, well, thank you for this interview. I'm going to just go walk around and like introduce myself to people. Folks, I've seen this stuff happen. That's why I'm bringing it up. Or, oh gosh, I know the owner. Did you know I know the owner? So we should be good to go. Like, that's not okay to say either. Or (laughs) things like, well, you know you're going to hire me. There's nothing wrong with confidence, right? But here's the thing. Confidence is authenticity. Your authenticity is your confidence. That, they to me, they go hand in hand. If your employer knows that you're authentic, and you're not trying to manipulate things or be pushy or assertive to a, to a degree that gets you into the, you know, the category of ego, they are going to know you are authentically you, which makes you confident in how you operate. That's why the first tip was mindfulness. Because when you come into your subconscious, your conscious brain, you, you're out of the subconscious brain, and now you're able to recognize the things that are happening right in front of you. That is confidence. Subconsciously floating around the world in fear and in anger and in waiting around for the other shoe to drop is operating in a subconscious level because you're afraid. But when you go into job interviews, it's very important to be authentically you because that shows confidence. That shows the employer that you are willing to do what you can with what you can bring to the table to move the organization forward. Organizations are not looking to go bankrupt. They're looking to go forward. So be a part of that in your job interview. So let's review one final time before we go. It is be mindful that you, number one was the mindfulness. Be mindful that you're able to be conscious during the interview, flowing naturally with your answers or things that you might say in your interview. Being prepared, of course, but being mindful about it and doing some mindfulness practices. Number two, listen more than you speak so that your employer knows you can listen and understand things because you are going to have to do that with, you know, people in the organization, your coworkers, your your customers or your clients or your guests or your patients or your students or whomever they are. Okay, they need to know that you can listen to people and then respond accordingly. Number three, be authentic and share what you need. Share what, where your shortcomings are and how you're willing to learn and how you're willing to grow. 
and not, you know, no verbal diarrhea on all the personal stuff. That stuff does not belong in interviews. And number four, the bonus tip, keep the ego at home, right? There's no place for it. Confidence is authenticity, not arrogance. And that's the final thing I want to leave with. When you go into a job being yourself, it's going to feel more fulfilling. The, 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 the thing that we have to get past as humans sometimes that we work on daily is when we really are excited about a job and we do all of these things that I've just been talking about and we still don't get the job. It's disappointing. It's upsetting. It makes you feel like you didn't try hard enough. It makes you feel like maybe you're not worth that job or worthy enough or whatever. But remember, when you don't get a job, it's because you're not supposed to get that job. You're not supposed to work there. Something else is down the line. Something else is coming. Something else is on the horizon. You just have to keep your eyes and ears open. That's why a mindfulness practice is important. And so to me, I believe wholeheartedly it's better to get turned down for a job you thought you needed or wanted really badly than to get the job that you wanted or needed and it turned out to be a fucking disaster because I have been there. It's way better not to get the job because the universe says, "Uh uh-uh, can't because you're going to have short-term pain. Nobody wants long-term. How many of you are stuck in jobs that you fucking hate, right? A lot of people are. So it's better to understand that if, the job, if they say no, it was for a reason. And if and if it's you're you're trying so hard that you manipulate into into them saying yes, and you get there and you start hating your job, long term you're miserable. And then you have to go through a change and all of that. So instead of trying to control the outcome, flow with it. And interviewing is no different. So until we come back in a couple weeks with our next episode and we talk about more about this stuff in workplace environments and how to be happier in the workplace. I'm wishing you a lot of health, a lot of love, a lot of light, a lot of peace, and a lot of fulfillment because you deserve it. I'll see you all next time. Hey, hey, just one more thing here. The opinions, explanations, research, philosophy interpretation, and all other content brought to you in the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast is not intended to be a substitute for the advice or recommendations of any medical practitioner like a physician, a psychologist, a therapist, or any other qualified medical professional. This podcast's content is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only.